Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. I'm your host, Amanda Poole Walsh, and I am so thrilled to be here with one of Astrology Hub's very favorite astrologers, Rick Merlin Levine. And I am particularly happy that Rick is here this week because I know this is a huge week. Rick, all the astrologers that have come before you, like for the, the previous few weeks, at least three or four of them have just had to dip into this week because it's so big. So they would be talking about their week, but they would be talking about how their week is basically leading up to this week. So, so happy that you're the astrologer here with us this week. And before we dive into the weather, I just wanted to mention that if you are not yet a recipient of our Cosmic Insider weekly newsletter, I highly encourage you to sign up now. This will enable you to be to get a snapshot of the astrological weather every week. It'll also clue you into all the different podcast episodes that we have published on the Astrology Hub podcast network in the previous week. So it's going to keep you in the know about what's happening cosmically and astrologically, and then what we have going on the show here at Astrology Hub. It's free. You can sign up for that at astrologyhub.com slash insider. And so Rick, let's just like take that big picture perspective. Would you like to start with the theme or do you want to start with some other in to the week? Um, well, what I'd like to start with is something that you're, you're going to hate me for just a minute. And then you'll go, well, it's Rick. I never knew Rick. The most important event. We're, we're doing this from... Uh Monday, the July 25th through Sunday, July 31st. Mm-hmm. And the most important event of that week, of that time period, is on August 1st. Oh, goodness. Here we are again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't hate you. And I'm really getting used to this. So essentially, this week is the lead up for August 1st. Okay, tell us. Well, and, 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 and when I, I say that, um, what we'll see for the week is that there are events through the week that will actually, oh, I'm going to use this word, prematurely explode that energy that even though the exact conjunction or the exact, the height of this is on August 1st, there's several pieces along the way. And 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 your, the other astrologers that have been talking about this, you know, are right. If you remember correctly, when we did the July, even back to the June overview, it was the most important thing of June was July 1st, which was the Mars square Pluto. And the most important thing of July was August 1st, which is the Uranus, Mars conjunct Uranus, also conjunct the North Node. Um, It's a biggie. All right. So tell us what you would say the theme of this week is, if we want to take away one kind of like action item or idea from the week. Um, I, do, I don't know if I have one yet. I would love to. I have a couple of conflicting ones. Uh, you know, the theme for the month was no escape. There was, you know, and so we're kind of on this last trajectory to it. And in some way, you know, it's like riding the wave. I mean, I think that would work as good as anything. Um, you know, 
Although I would also say, um, hold on to your hat or hold <laughs> on to our hats. Um, the other thing, though, is that I don't think it matters how hard we hold on to our hats. The hats are going to blow off, which is why I think it's just a matter of kind of rolling with the punches, flowing with the going with the flow. What do they say? Only dead fish go with the flow. Well, I don't know if that's true, but there's something here about we have a large wave coming. We are each riding it. It'll impact some more than others. Um, I think the um, I think it's going to play out in a major way um, globally, politically. Um, that's all seems to be right in line where we're, where all this stuff is heading. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's my initial take. I had the honor of studying with a Hawaiian kahuna when I first moved to the Big Island, and she would say, "Tie your slippers on tight." Just, you know, hold on, like a different version of hold on to your hat, but it was about. Well, your and there's a wonderful Ram Das used to tell this story about how we always say, you know, the, the saying is like, hold on to your hat in um, in the Arabic countries. It was tie your camel <laughs> um, yeah. because the camels tend not to wander, but you tie it anyhow. But then he said, actually, the whole saying of that was trust in Allah and tie your camel. Meaning that we can go with the flow. We can trust that there's a good thing going on. We can trust that the universe is, you know, is, you know, graceful and, 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 and abundant and, and all those kinds of things. Yet we still need to take care of our own stuff. Mm, okay. So break it down for us, Rick. What are we looking at for the week? Well, uh, you know, we have a couple of significantly major events this week. One being the, the new moon, which is on Thursday. Um, that would be July 28th. And then the other is the building conjunction between Mars and Uranus, except both Mars and Uranus are moving toward the north node of the moon, which is retrograding because the moon's nodes travel retrograde. And so the moon's nodes are retrograding back into this Mars-Uranus conjunction. Mars-Uranus conjunction occurs every other year, you know, pretty much uh, because it takes Mars almost two years to go around once. So it catches up to Uranus pretty much every other year. Uranus, uh, although it takes 84 years to go around, the nodal cycle cycles backwards once every 18, 19 years, which means that as Uranus is moving around forward, the nodes are going backward into it, that Uranus catches up with the North Node once every 15, 15 and a half years. That's, the, that's that number. But the thing is, is that I don't even know, and I went back about, I, I went back a couple hundred years, that when Uranus lines up with the North Node and there's another planet involved, that then kind of comes into the mix. It's like, like the new moon, affects that next lunar cycle. You know, uh, an eclipse kind of stays in its own hum until the next eclipse, so to speak. I mean, these are not axioms, but they're kind of rough rules of thought. When you have major cycles like like a Jupiter-Pluto cycle or, or, or a Uranus-Pluto um, uh, cycle like we did in the mid-60s, they stay in effect for the this couple of centuries until that cycle is re replayed, the new moon until the next new moon. Well, in a way, then, the Uranus conjunction 
to the north node of the moon basically sets a tone for the next 15 years. And, and, and this tone has to do with innovation. It has to do with breakthrough. But it has to do with breakthrough that is not just linear because the nodes, as we know, are portals, they're vortexes, they're, they're, they, they, they warp time and space. <laughs> and so Uranus, which is also a friend of warping time and space, comes along to the nodes and it becomes, I think, a very, a very powerful event. Now with Mars there, there's a lot of negativity being, po- being thrown at this. And we'll come back and do the week, but this beat really, it, it, it's the, um, it, it's not the psychedelic elephant in, in the room. It's the, it's the elephant with armaments because it's Mars. I mean, this elephant, this elephant is angry, you know, and, and maybe that's the theme for the week, the angry elephant in the room. But the, the thing is though, that, the presence of Mars and Uranus just together without the node is something that an astrologer will, it'll make, it'll make the astrologer go like this. You know, it's like, Oh, Oh my God, let's look at that. Wow. And why is that? Well, Uranus is the planet. We often say Uranus is the unpredictable planet. Well, it, it can be unpredictable, but it's because like lightning, it releases energy that's stored up and, and buried tensions that we're not aware of uranus basically brings those out into the open and lightning does the same thing and you can be in the middle of a storm and you know that the lightning is going to strike but you don't know when and you don't know where and you don't know how and that's how uranus really works and so we can look around and think where where are the greatest tensions you know some of them we are aware of others are buried off in repressed, denied corners of our consciousness. But it's likely that those things which are most buried, most unconscious, those are the things Uranus likes. Now, if you add Mars to the mix, Mars comes in with a bit of fury. Mars comes in, um, it's like, in a way, Uranus is almost like instantaneous fire. You know, it's electricity that just in a second. And Mars is like an added layer of, of heat. And so with Mars-Uranus conjunctions, I mean, most astrologers will go to their unconscious replay of textbooks and go, Mars-Uranus, you know, coming up, or let's say you have transiting Uranus uh, conjuncting your natal Mars in your, in your birth chart, or Mars coming up to your natal Uranus, most astrologers will go, you need to be careful. Because this is a time when accidents can happen, where something happens that, and so you really need to be careful, watch what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. Don't do any skydiving. Well, that is fine if you're an allopathic physician repressing whatever it is that is the sickness. You know, modern medicine is based upon if you have a symptom, get rid of the symptom. Do you have a headache? Do a headectomy or, you know, whatever. Whereas there is a whole branch of healing rather than symptom management that says get to the cause. And so on one hand, I've had people uh, tell me this week, I'm just going to lock the door and stay home for three days. And I think that's the absolute worst thing we can do because that just increases the level of denial. It increases the level of ignorance and of suppression or repression. This is a chance to use Joseph Campbell's famous line, the cave you fear the most 
holds your greatest treasure. And in a way, with, I mean, we've had this whole sequence of Pluto, which is a major player this week. Um, remember, the month opened with Mars squaring Pluto, and it closes with Mars conjuncting Uranus. And in the midst of that, we have all these planets, first Mercury, and then um, and then the sun, and then the moon just the day before um, the, the new, or just before the new moon, which is w- one of the triggers. We'll get to that in just a moment. We have all these planets that are opposing Pluto this week. And what do they do? They bring secrets out into the open. And we certainly have that cooking, at least in the United States. I'm sure that it is in other places too, you know, on a governmental level where there's some pretty glaring secrets, some of which come have come out into the open and others are still secreted. I, I think we can see major action around some of that stuff because Pluto is the underworld. It is the unconscious. It is the things that are buried. But unlike Uranus that explodes things out into the open, Pluto likes to keep them hidden. But when you have planets opposite Pluto, like the sun um, is um, um, this week, actually the sun's opposition um, to Pluto. No, no, actually, um, I think was late last week. I'm going to get the date on that real quickly here. Yeah, the sun's opposition to Pluto was mid-month, was July 18th. Um, And Uranus and Um, And Mercury was traveling along with the sun. So those basically shine the light of awareness into the darkness. So we have that going on. But now as we move into this week, um, everything is building towards this combination of Mars-Uranus, which can be very explosive. And when I use the word explosive, it can be physically explosive, but it is also just as often metaphysically explosive, which means that there's new ideas, new perceptions, new realities, new things coming into being, and it might not be graceful. It might come in very, very hard, very fast, where we have to go, holy crap, I really had no idea. I've been living off in a cloud somewhere. This changes everything for me. Um, So that's what we're leading to, and maybe we should now step back to uh, to Monday and take it day by day and watch how that builds. But Amanda has a summary or a question first. A question. Well, I'd love to just kind of stop and, and reiterate some of the things you said to underscore how important and how unique what is happening, what the configuration is. Okay, so basically we have Mars and Uranus conjunct, which is already kind of like a, okay, let's pay attention. And that happens every year. Is that what you said? Every couple of years. Mars is a two-year cycle. Uranus moves along a little bit. So it's about an every two-year cycle. So that's every two years. Then you have Uranus conjunct the North Node, which happens about every 15 years. And when that happens, it kind of creates a whole new cycle of events that are happening. But when you have Uranus conjunct the North Node also with another planet, any other planet, it would be, oh, wow, that's another layer of something to pay attention to. But when it's Mars, it's really electric, explosive, like it's really um, on fire, like it's it's highlighted. So there's a lot of things that that brings, and I'll definitely cover that at the end when I do my summary. But I just want to underscore why you're saying this is the most important thing of the week that it's, you know, even though it's happening August 1st, my question is, could we be feeling this weeks in advance? Yes. Could we be feeling this 
weeks in the future after it? Or is this like an acute sort of transit? Uh, both for different reasons. We will be, fe- we're, we're feeling this now. Everyone I talk to is on edge, is agitated, um, is, you know, struggling with something. It, it's just like it, people are overwhelmed. There's that yeah. feeling out there right now. And this is part of what this is and what this is leading to. And, and uh, you know, in, in some ways, the more helpless or hopeless we are, the greater the tension, the stronger the lightning might strike. I mean, mm-hmm. Uranus is the planet of revolution. And that doesn't necessarily mean armed physical revolution. But again, in the United States, we are dealing with an investigation of what was a tip of an armed revolution, however you want to phrase it. That's that's what has come out over these past, you know, couple of months with these, you know, with these hearings. And so it's not about an event on one day. It's about a whole process that's going to come to a heated point. And we are feeling that energy building and it's not comfortable. And as the moon gets toward the new moon, we're going to add into it the dark of the moon, which also is agitating because we know we're approaching the end of a cycle. And remember, that happens on Thursday and the actual conjunctions between Mars, Uranus and and the North Node happen on Sunday, the 31st and Monday, the 1st. It's They're over two days. Um, But that's again, we're feeling it before. Will we be feeling it afterwards? Absolutely, because there's two other things here. One is during the week as this is building, and we'll get the dates on this as we go through the week day by day, Mercury in Leo is squaring Mars and squaring Uranus and squaring the node. So we have Mercury, which is thinking, thoughts, communication, watch over these next few days, not that we already haven't had it over the last few days, but watch for, you know, erratic, crazy communication, people getting angry, you know, things, again, things that are hidden coming out. I mean, I can't help but saying, you know, the Secret Service, which has lost two days of text messages, you know, on the day of January 6th and the day before, these are critical days. Oh, they're just gone. You know, this is the lightning that'll strike will be someone will come up with a, we got them, you know, and, and all we can say is that the fact that these were lost, these are high level, technically capable people, um, they, the calculus had to have been finding what's in them is going to be worse than breaking the law by destroying them. So I don't know. I'm not, w- w- I mean, we'll see how this unfolds. I'm just saying there is some reality out there that's supporting that Mercury square Mars angry words, Mercury square Uranus, things that are said too quickly that, you know, that whoops, I shouldn't have said it. Oh, I can't take it back. Everyone heard me say it. Um, and that Mercury square, the node. But the thing is, is that, it, that what's also happening is that Saturn, which is at 23 degrees of Aquarius now, Uranus is at 18 Taurus. That means there's five degrees of separation from them being exactly square. Saturn is moving backwards from 23 degrees towards 18 degrees of Aquarius. And so we're also seeing right now the beginning of the re-stimulation of what I said last year, that the Uranus, that the Saturn-Uranus square that happened three times during 2021, and the third and final one, if you remember, I said occurred on Christmas Eve Eve. 
my new holiday. And I said that everyone will say, well, that's that's the Saturn Pluto or the Saturn Uranus square is over. Remember, Saturn structure, Uranus break structure. Saturn respect for authority, Uranus rebel. Saturn, you know, the past, Uranus the future. I mean, we could go on with those. But that square now that Saturn is moving retrograde is building. It doesn't reach exactness, but it comes within a half a degree in September and on into October, which is leading toward the presidential election, or not the presidential, I'm sorry, the midterm election on November 8th, when Mars is retrograde. Mars turns retrograde and covers all this territory again. So are we done with it? No, it's still a very important week. Um, and, and I don't know how this will play out. I'm one of those astrologers, I know you know, that when everyone else goes, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. They go, no, the world ain't ending. You know, it's just like, and, and the world isn't ending. But I think this is a bigger turning point than some of the other points that we've seen in the larger scheme of things. Um, so yes, it won't, it, it won't go away right away. It'll, it will last. Do you still think that the Saturn Uranus almost exact square is the most important transit of the year? Or do you think this one is? I, I think that when you go into that kind of reductionism, you lose the picture of the general field. I, I don't, I, I don't, there are other astrologers who would go, oh no, this one's more important. Mm-hmm. And some other astrologer will go, oh no, that one's more important. It, it's the fact that they're all building. And, in, and I would even take it a step further. It's the fact that the Saturn Uranus square and the Pluto's involvement with these um, oppositions and the Mars square are also left over from the Saturn Pluto square back in January of 2020. And this goes back and back. In other words, this is not the most important thing ever, nor is any one piece of it. The fact that there's a new moon and that that new moon, we haven't talked about Jupiter, which we will when we go through the week, because Jupiter is playing a huge role this week because it turns uh, Jupiter actually turns retrograde technically um, within a couple of hours of the new moon. So the new moon has this flavor of Jupiter turning retrograde, but I've said this um, before, the thing when the outer planets turn retrograde, both Jupiter and Chiron are turning retrograde this month, Jupiter this week. Jupiter hasn't moved a degree in a week, nor will it move a degree in the week after it turns. Jupiter right now, when a planet hold, when a planet slows down, it holds more power than when it moves fast. Just like Pluto moving slowly holds more power than Mercury and it, or the moon moving so fast. It's a rough rule of thumb. It's not always exact, but it, conceptually, it's a good thing to hold on to. What that means is that Jupiter and Chiron, both moving through Aries, are both holding energy of um, of, of that retrograde um, of, of the of, of the pulling in, and so I think it's very 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 significant. And the fact that there are planets that are squaring the Mars Uranus North Node that during this time will also be trining Chiron and Jupiter, it gives us another piece of it. This is the, the, the new moon is trying to Jupiter, just coming into a trying to Jupiter, that new moon on Thursday. And although there's all this other heavy stuff going on, that trying to Jupiter is like, oh, everything's going to be okay. 
oh, look, this is happening. It's, you know, it's the bigger, better, more, the, the, the more is better. And of course, that's not always true, but, but we have Jupiter playing this huge role in it. And as all this stuff is barreling into the future, we have the outer planets one by one by one turning retrograde over a period of months. Uh, uh, Pluto did, um, Saturn did last month, um, Neptune did, and uh, Jupiter and Chiron are both turning retrograde uh, this month in July. So it's really quite significant as to how much energy is pushing forward, including the Mars Uranus in Taurus. Remember, Taurus is determined. Taurus is going to get there no matter what. It doesn't matter what gets in the way. Taurus, like the cows coming back to the barn at night to get milk, they're on a mission. They may not run as fast as the hare, but like the tortoise, they'll just take step by step by step and get there. So Mars is coming out of Aries where it's been running forward. And now in Taurus, it's slowed down. But as it's slowed down, it's meeting Uranus, which doesn't like to be held back. Uranus is irrepressible. But Taurus basically says, I don't want to change. I just want to take my next step, my next step, my next step. And so we're seeing this dichotomy of pushing forward in so many ways, coming to a peak uh, the end of this month, beginning of August with the Mars-Uranus node, but also as the outer planets, including Jupiter on the day of the new moon, turn retrograde or slow down or stop to, to turn retrograde, there's this, whoa, wait a minute, not so fast, hang back. I remember when you were doing the July forecast, it was like this this push-pull kind of energy. It's like, we're moving forward, but we're not really moving forward. It's like this uh, paradox in energy. So Rick, let's go to the day-by-day breakdown. On, on Monday, I'm just looking at charts while I do this. It makes it easier for me to see what's going on. So stepping through the week now, day-by-day, starting with Monday, Monday isn't a particularly de- active day. Today is not It's not really, things are not really happening today, except last night on Sunday night, we did have a Venus square Jupiter. So we might come into today feeling optimistic, feeling like we want more, feeling like we're ready to to expand. But what happens is uh, this morning, the moon moves into Cancer at 10.53 a.m. Pacific time. The moon moving into Cancer, this is part of that pulling back energy that we were talking about earlier, the push forward, pull back. So the moon, the moon coming out of Gemini, where it's bouncing all around and connecting dots and going, oh my God, what about this? And uh, it basically, all of a sudden, Monday we wake up, we're, we're, we're optimistic, we're overly expansive, and then we go, wait, wait, maybe too much. Let's pull back a little bit. On Tuesday, and we'll feel this a little bit on Monday, Mercury, which is moving fast in Leo, Mercury squares Mars. This is the beginning of what we're leading to with the Mars-Uranus node conjunction, because a lot of people will look at that Mercury square Mars as an isolated event and go, people can get into angry conversations. People might want to think before they talk. People are saying things and, and, and it can be very creative if the anger is kept under control. People are establishing boundaries. All of those are true. But that Mercury square Mars is simply the opening of Mercury then squaring Uranus and then squaring the node and then Mars, Uranus and the node coming together. So you can see how it's dangerous to pull one piece out of it because there's a flow of events here. 
So that occurs on Wednesday. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on Tuesday when Mercury squares Mars. And then on Wednesday, just to confuse the hell out of us, Mercury makes a trine with Chiron. Oh, let's forgive each other. Let's be nice. I forgive you. I forgive myself. Mercury trining Chiron is the ability to speak healing words. Fantastic. The moon during that time is still moving through cancer. And yet by late afternoon, um, pushing six o'clock here on the West Coast of the United States on Wednesday, the moon moving through the latter degrees of cancer opposes Pluto. Remember that? Oh, my God. We have another round of of power play, struggle, things needing to be kept hidden. Nope, they're coming out in the open. No, we're going to bury them. That is Wednesday afternoon. And by Wednesday night, 11.35 p.m. in Seattle. So actually, it will be Thursday morning already in New York. The moon moves into Leo. Now, when the moon moves into Leo late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, we're now definitely in full dark of the moon because the moon is now only a few degrees away from the sun. Um, and when the moon reaches the same degree as the sun, that is the new moon. And so that new moon occurs on Thursday at 10.55 a.m. And again, that's Pacific time. Um, and Jupiter turns retrograde at 1.37 p.m., again, just a couple of hours later. But the new moon is trying to that Jupiter not moving. <laughs> and so at the new moon, we get this whole expansive thing out of, you know, out, out of Jupiter that, again, is setting the stage for us to express what's in our hearts. That is that is Leo. Leo, the sign Leo is ruled by the sun. The sun is associated with the metal gold heart of gold homeopaths know that gold and very microscopic portions is actually a healing element for the heart and in fact without trace gold we die and gold is in every human body really in the heart so that the heart of gold is not something made up it it it, it is there so that is all set up at the new moon and this new moon is is very powerful very creative I'm sure that inner circle folks will be talking about this way more than I need to right now. But the other thing is that within a couple of, well, 10, 11, 12, one, two, within three, three and a half hours of the new moon, Mercury, remember also in Leo, the new moon is in Leo, saying what it wants to say, Mercury and Leo squares Uranus. This is the second of the three squares it will make. First to Mars, then to Uranus, and then to the North Node as Mars, Uranus, and the North Node come together. So that occurs also at the new moon, which that means that this new moon also holds the energy of things being said that maybe shouldn't have been said, or things coming out into the open like lightning striking that change our awareness. And again, although we can apply this stuff to what's going on politically, um, at least in the United States, which is obviously where I live. And so that's where my mind goes. We're talking interactive human relationships. I mean, just, you know, it's what happens globally is a reflection of what happens personally, whether we like it or not. 
So that's on Thursday. And by Thursday night, the that Mercury, which squared Uranus close to the new moon, by Thursday night, Mercury is squaring the North Node. So there is communication agitation going on, although there's hope and exp- an outward expression and good news with the Jupiter-Jupiter station and, and all of that. And so, again, we have this little bit of, of conflict. Now, remember, the moon is now in Leo, and by Friday, Friday morning at 8.38 a.m. on the Pacific coast, the moon begins its bing, bing, bing square to the three planets in Taurus. Mars first, 8.38 a.m., Uranus at 12.48 p.m., and then the node at 1.39 p.m. And then the moon catches up with Mercury, which squared all the stuff just the last couple of days. So we're getting this communication stuff. This is going to be a crazy week for the amount of flow of conflicting information and communication and words. Um, and then by Friday night, which is after the weekly news cycle technically ends, by Friday night, the moon will oppose Saturn, almost like heavyweight, boom. You know, is this going to be the announcement of some trial of some, you know, the judgment? Is this going to be an indictment? Is this going to be a statement of, 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 of war? Is this, I don't know, but, but somehow the craziness of the week kind of builds to that crazy crescendo, but it's the moon as a trigger. But remember the exact conjunction hasn't occurred yet. It's still July 29th. On July 30th, the moon moves into Virgo, um, uh, 11, 10 a.m., and then Mercury opposes Saturn. Remember, the moon opposed Saturn on Friday night. Now on Saturday night, Mercury opposes Saturn. This is, again, this is facts running into a wall. This is having to rethink or being too rigid, not being able to open your mind to what is now what you now know. Um, But this is not an easy aspect when Mercury, after going all over the place, looses a goose crazy as it squared Mars, Uranus and the nodes on Friday. Now it runs into this opposition to Saturn um, on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, Venus squares Chiron. Oh, the healing doesn't feel so nice now. Mercury makes a square and a half with Jupiter, say more, (laughs) bring more out in the open, but it's conflictive because semi-squares and sesquisquares are like squares. And then midday on Sunday, the 31st, technically the last day of this week. I say technically, that's the day that that our conversation should theoretically end. But at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Pacific time, Uranus actually conjoins the North Node. Now, remember, it's, Uranus is a slow-moving planet. We, we can go back to the beginning of, of the week on the 25th, and Uranus is only a degree away from the North Node. So it's not like we won't be feeling this all week. And remember, that North Node opens things up to the past and to the future. Incidentally, um, There's been a YouTube video running around that I don't remember who posted on it originally, but back at the last Uranus conjunction to uh, the North Node, 
Um, Moses Siragar held a conference called The Blast in Sedona, Arizona. And the late, great Robert Blaschke gave a talk about um, uh, transits that recur. And in it, for the first 10 or 15 minutes, he talks about the Uranus conjunction to the North Node and how going back, and he goes back three or four in history, everyone has been a new infusion and a change in the zeitgeist of astrology. And it's a very interesting uh, thing. You can probably find it by YouTube and uh, um, doing a search on YouTube um, for Robert Blaschke. Uh, the Blast was the name of the conference. Um, I, I can get you the link. I'll find it. So if you wanted to post it. But it's, but it, it's, it's an intriguing and very fact-filled um, presentation by Robert Blaschke, um, as all of his were. But what it does is it doesn't focus on the doom and gloom and dread that so many people are projecting towards this horrific Mars. Remember in ancient astrology, Mars is a malefic and Uranus probably wouldn't do much better. When Uranus was discovered, it was considered to be the planet of destruction, you know, disaster. So I don't think it'll necessarily be that unless we're blindly holding on to some level of denial and control over something which we do not have control of. But on Sunday, the 31st, we have that Uranus making the exact um, conjunction with the North Node. But on the same day, we have the Sun making that exact trine with Jupiter, which is still pretty much at the same degree. Remember, it was trine Jupiter um, three days ago at the new moon and three, a three degree orb. And the sun moves about a degree a day. So now on the 31st, the sun is trying Jupiter saying, yes, but there's still potential here. There's possibilities. Focus on the good. Focus on the take the high road. And then all of this leads to Monday when, in fact, Mars sweeps through the conjunction of Uranus and the North Node. And remember, they're still at 18 degrees. So even though the exact Uranus node conjunction is on July 31st. On August 1st, we have the North Node, Mars, and Uranus all at 18 degrees um, of, um, of Taurus. And, um, and, and, and I don't want to say too much more about that because your weather reporter for next week can cover that. However, can you see now how the events of the day by day during the week are all kind of harbingers, they're, they're precursors, they're, they're what's the word, in, in, uh, they're foreshadowing this larger event that in fact may not wait until the um, Monday, August 1st, because there may be something so significant that often the slower moving transits are triggered by the faster moving tra transits. So what the exact timing of this that will play out, I don't know, but we shall see for sure. Would you say that people with planets at 18 degrees Taurus and or what other placements will be most affected by? Well, I would say um, people with, with planets at, at, at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 degrees of, of fixed signs of Taurus, Scorpio, its opposition, and, and also of Leo and Aquarius. Um, now, but this doesn't necessarily need to be negative for anybody. It only becomes negative if we let fear and closed-mindedness take over. 
this is definitely a, um, you know, a uh, we need to roll with the punches. I've used the metaphor um, many times of how in Western astrology, we often view um, transits um, through the eyes of Western boxing, which is block and parry. And that's the whole idea of something's happening. Saturn's coming in. I got to stop it. Now I got to do something else. You know, there's this boom, boom. This, the transits need to be stopped and then my action. Unfortunately, you're not going to stop a Mars-Uranus um, north node. And so for most transits, it's way more healthier to approach this like a martial artist would. And in particular, Aikido, just because, and I'm not a practitioner, I'm, uh, I, I'm aware of, of this, but, I, um, but in Aikido, even more so than some of the other martial arts, if someone comes in with a punch, you don't want to block it. That's just a waste of their energy for you. You want to use their energy and let it ripple through your system and let it out the other side so that it doesn't have negative impact on you and that you don't have resistance. Hmm. And that's why in Aikido, it's often the attacker who will end up being totally messed up because the, because the Aikido master doesn't block that energy, which creates unease or <laughs> dis-ease. Instead, the master takes that energy and accepts it. Oh, look, the universe is giving me a gift. Woof, boom. So I think that as we look at this and do our best to keep moving, uh, and I use that as a metaphor, you know, keep our hips wiggling. And that can be a metaphor used any way you want, because the idea is that if we block the energy, it'll get us. I love what you're saying. And it really does bring back to the theme that you originally suggested, which was riding the wave. You know, that, that Aikido example you just gave is very much yeah. like in harmony with the energy versus trying to fight it in any way. And would you say that a, a statement, would you say this is true? let this time be a harbinger of necessary change if that's what shows up for you if it's like uh, I, I would i would say that that is this time is the necessary change that the, we've had the harbingers and and maybe this week we get another round of harbingers coming into this but it's like this isn't about getting ready for something in the future now this is it ah that doesn't okay. mean there won't be more things in the future you know, right. people make a mistake and think that karma is like, if I did something bad in the past, I'm going to have to do some, something will happen to me now bad. No, it's what you're doing today is creating what happens tomorrow. Yeah. And so the two are always at work. And so, yes, there is a bit of harbinger energy here. But I think more importantly, this gets back to, you know, my little one liner that I've glommed onto, you know, and that's think cosmically, act locally. You know, we can let our brains go out to the edges of the universe and do all this incredible philosophical thinking and, 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 and putting things together and talking about ideas and all these astrological concepts and go, oh, wow. It's like, but we need to take care of our business at home. We need to, what can we do? You know, it's like, it's back to the surfer analogy, Ms. Hawaii, um, is that if you're riding a wave, and you realize all of a sudden this wave is 30 times larger than any wave you've ever been on, you can't get off the wave. 
You have to take every ounce of your mental focus and your mental concentration and think about what is going on right now, right now, right now, right now, oh, right now, right now. And you, and you can't let your mind wander. That's the stage that we're in right now is like we're not there is no escape. We're not getting off this, you know, and if we and if we muck it up, you know, that way is going to come down on us. And, and, and again, I mean this individually and globally. My daughter's last weekend got caught in a very unusual, huge south swell. And the waves were like 18 to 25 feet. And this was, it's the first time it's been this big on the south side of the island for 20 years. And they happened to be in the ocean this day. They didn't know this was happening. But it sounds like, you know, when they were just explaining how they had to navigate the waves, it was like they were getting exhausted they had to like hold their breath and be underwater for long periods of time. They were afraid, you know, all these things that were happening. It was like, okay, it sounds like that's, you know, for a lot of us, it, that's kind of what it is. Like we're gearing up for the 20 foot waves that are coming. And in order to do that, we just have to be willing to go with what is happening and be very focused and be very present and not take our eye off the current situation, whatever it is that's happening. Yeah. yeah, there's um someone someone told me recently about a new book that's just come out. The guy's name is Nance. He's a um a security a high level government. Uh, you know, he's a consultant. On, you know, in uh, in that level of things, and um and and he's written a book basically. I think I don't know what the title is, but it may be called "The Coming Civil War." And it's basically he's saying that there's no way to avoid the fact that we're heading toward a civil war. Now, I'm not saying that to scare anybody, because I'm saying that my sense of this is that he's wrong for a very important reason. Mm -hmm. We are already in the midst of a civil war, but -hmm. this war is not going to be fought with guns. Okay, there are some outbursts of guns that we've already seen and we may see more. But the, the civil war that is occurring right now is an information war. It's being fought on the electromagnetic spectrum. It's being fought on non-physical dimensions. Um, and, and yet there's a real war going on. And, um, and because of that, um, it's very important that we do go to our hearts and decide on what we think is really true because people are coming down on, on very specific issues on different sides. I mean, we've danced around this for you know, several years now, I say, not just we, I mean, culture, all of us. Um, and it's not going away. And this week is another piece of, of, of there is potential for resolution. But, for the, but I, I always come back to Buckminster Fuller's, the last book he wrote was a book called Utopia or Oblivion. That was the last book he wrote. And he said that there would be successive waves of increasing intensity that would wash humanity one way the other one way the other until one would come large enough that would carry it one way or another this is why we're all players in this because if we just go into our room and go to sleep or say there's the cave i'm not going in it the greatest treasure is being involved in however we can be and that typically is not on a global level granted there are people who get involved you know, um, politically or, you know, or socially on many different levels. 
and bless them and bless those of us who do that. But there are other people who simply need to take care of what's in their backyard to weed their own garden, you know, to to figure out why they're angry at everything all the time and to deal with those issues. Because as Carl Jung said in his last book that he wrote, a book called The Undiscovered Self, he said that politicians will never stop any wars, that wars will end when the wars inside each individual's mind ends. You know, and that's my paraphrase of him, but that's, he says, we need to resolve, you know, the the chaos and the unresolved emotions and the projected anger individually, which is why I always come back to this thing, cosmically act locally. We're all, we're all in major therapy right now, whether we know it or not. Oh, seriously. I mean, when you, when you're talking about that, the, the wars that are also happening within families and friendships and just like the american civil war that split families and brothers and sisters but that was geographic and this is not wow fascinating i mean it's such a great point rick i hadn't thought of us already being in a war but it being fought like in a different way in a different dimension and i know that probably everybody out there can resonate with that on some level because they've had breakdowns in family structures and relationships and and it's all ideological it's all like from from the place of of perspective it's like the perspective is what's breaking people apart yeah there's a definite bifurcation of reality and and, and you want to know the crazy thing is that i actually wrote about this i mean in much of the same language i'm talking about right now in 1970 what yeah i mean i have the original typewritten stuff because it was happening then or because well yeah i mean as as a college student then that's what looked like was going on. There were two different realities and, you know, and the students and the, you know, and the, the people who were waking up to reality and the people who were suppressing and government and whatever. I mean, it was, but all I'm saying is, is this is not a new rap for me. It may be just a new one for some people to hear. Um, it, it, it will be part of my, my new book that I'm working on. Oh, yay. Exciting. Okay. So Rick, Let's yeah. let's just do a quick summary here. We sure. have we have several different uh, theme options. We have riding the wave. We have hold on to your hats or tie your slippers on tight. We have angry elephant in the room. So basically, but basically, what you're trying to say is that there's a very large wave coming, and we need to, on, on some level, surrender because there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like the ride, the wave so far out of all of them the best, but it's actually, there has to be a co-participation. We're not just at, we're not just at effect. We are also at cause. And so it's actually engage the wave. Ooh, engage the wave. All yeah. right. Okay, there we go. We landed it. We always landed by the end. Rick. It's yeah. great. Yeah. So we have, um, Basically, the biggest thing is that we are building all week to this conjunction between Mars and Uranus and the North Node. And I already summarized why that's important. But essentially, Mars is adding heat to this already like unique situation. And you you mentioned the quote by Joseph Campbell, the cave you fear the most is the one that holds your greatest treasure. Okay, so so you said that this can be physically explosive, but it also can be metaphysically explosive. So new ideas. You you emphasize that this isn't going to be some sort of like linear change, that there are some quantum leaps, big changes where like there's reality before and then there's reality after. 
And it, it's, it's not like a little gradual, oh, wow, things kind of shifted. You said that people right now could be feeling this energy already, and that might be giving you a sense of overwhelm, anxiety. Uh, I think it's important to underscore that because sometimes when we're feeling those, those things and we realize that it's sort of astrological, it can feel a lot better, you know, instead of like, yes, oh. and, and it's not, and it's, and, and I focused on the upside of it. We can also feel depressed that it's just so overwhelming and mm. people are, and, and which can make us feel like there's nothing to do. Why bother getting out of bed for the week? Mm. You know, and I know people who are feeling that these days, it's just like, you know, why, why bother? Right. Well, again, I think understanding that there is an, an energetic underpinning to the way you're feeling can be helpful because so many yeah, times I agree. we try to assign a story. It's like, oh, it's because of this or it's because of that. And sometimes it's just it just is. And so just being with it and then not trying to solve it or fix it or find the root of it in this moment it can be helpful to just be like, okay, this is where the energy is But it at. doesn't necessarily take your story away from you. You can still have your story and still feel like crap and then go, oh, it's so crap out there. I feel like more crap, you know, or whatever <laughs> it is. But it, it's like, just because you realize that there's stuff out there that's making your waves even larger is not to take your experience away from you. It's just oh, to put it in yeah. perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when it's sometimes I find myself like searching. Well, maybe it's because of this or maybe it's because of that. It's like, well, maybe it just is. You know, I don't have to have a story for every yeah. single thing that I'm feeling. Okay. All right. You said that there's going to be a lot of crazy communication this week, that there could be some anger, that there's going to be things that are, are hidden that are coming out. And I'll just go real quick through the, through the week. On Monday, uh, you said that there's today that it's mm, there's not that much happening, that we can feel pretty optimistic but things start to speed up already tomorrow on Tuesday. So we have um, Tuesday is the beginning of this conjunction energy. Um, just also reminding that you may have been feeling this conjunction energy for weeks before because there's, you know, it's a big one. Wednesday, we have an opportunity for forgiveness and speaking words that are healing. So there's, a, there's an opportunity there with Mercury, Trine, Chiron. We have moon opposing Pluto, which can also bring this power play struggle. And again, things coming out into the open. And this is Wednesday, right? Then late, late. What, this is Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Wednesday afternoon, yeah. And Thursday, we have uh, the new moon. Yes. So, and also Jupiter going retrograde officially. We have the new moon trying Jupiter, which isn't moving. So you're saying express what's in our heart. That I love what you talked when you talked about the gold and that you actually can find trace amounts of gold in our heart. So this is going to have that feeling of, of expression and potentially optimism and more is better. There's a little bit of a cautionary tale around the more is better. Just, you know, be aware of the Jupiter influence that that can actually cause us to expand too much too fast. So express, expand, but also be aware that not to bring that into excess. Yeah. Yes. You said that this is a powerful new moon and that it is holding the energy for the rest of these things that are coming our way. Hold energy of things being said that shouldn't and changing awareness is what I wrote down. Yeah. Does that feel right, Rick? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Thursday night, we have another communication agitation. This, there's like some good news, but also conflicting information. There's just this communication thing happening again. 
And then and then actually we'll begin even in the afternoon. I mean, Mercury is squaring Uranus like within a few hours of the new moon. So I think it's going to be a little bit of mixed messages there. So I think that that uneasiness, he shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have said that. You know, did you hear what she said? Did you? you know, I think that'll start earlier in the day, perhaps. Okay. All right. And then um, Friday night, we have the heavy heavyweight coming in that there's a, sort of like a, a crescendo, the craziness of the week kind of hits a crescendo. Is, is Yes, but le, le, the, the, the important thing on Friday is that starting early in the morning, the moon squares Mars, Uranus, and the node in that order. And so we're getting that another wave of what's coming before the moon opposes Saturn and it gets heavy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agitation all, for sure. Yeah, all these precursors to this big event on Monday. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then on Saturday, you said that um, maybe the healing from the earlier in the work week doesn't feel so good anymore. We have Venus square Chiron. Uh, Sunday, we have the, the Uranus conjunct the North Node, which again is opening up to the past and the future. It's some sort of potentially change in the zeitgeist of astrology, which is actually really interesting to explore and see what happens there. You said that be careful of blind n- denial and trying to control things you can't control. So if you're trying to control things you can't control, and if you're in a blind denial, this is when the lightning strikes the most. So if there's things this week that you can look at and be like, okay, I've been like, I've been denying that, but it's there, that that would be a really good idea to help prepare the field for this kind of Uranian lightning bolt type change that can happen. And you've, you've mentioned this on many of our episodes, Rick, that it happens the most where we are holding on or where either we're, we're totally unaware or we're holding on to something that needs to shift. You, know, something yeah. that really- you, you can think of it as an electrical circuit being grounded. And I don't mean that metaphysically grounded like we get, but the, the metaphor holds through because if a circuit is grounded, you're not going to get a spark when you touch it. And so we need to figure out how we can dump the energy before it's touched and the spark would occur only if there's energy that hasn't been expressed. Okay, awesome. You said that with the sun trying Jupiter to take the high road and that there's, it, it's reminding us that there's still things that are good. <laughs> so uh, you may just decide that you want to take the high road. You're saying people with uh, planets at 16 to 20 degrees of Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius are going to be feeling this the most. And the only neg- it's only negative if fear and closed-mindedness take over. Yeah, now back back to who feels it. If you have an Earth, uh, if you have planets in mid-Earth, let's say, you know, 16 to 20 degrees or so of um, either Virgo or Capricorn, you're likely to feel it also, but it might just be more easily integrated. And the same could be true with the sextile points, the um, Aquarius and the Cancer, you know, that that, that is a little bit easier to, to integrate, if you will. So, and and then again, you know, it's any planet in your chart can act like an antenna, you know, for for this to come in. It's not just your sun sign. Mm, yes, absolutely. Okay, and you 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 corrected when I said it, it's a harbinger of change, and you said this is change. Like we are at that point of change. 
you said, do your best to keep moving with the energy. This is back to our, our surfing wave analogy. And you reminded us as always to think cosmically, but act locally, that the work is to be done in our homes, in our lives, in our minds, and that we have an opportunity to uh, make some really huge shifts. That sounds like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only one, only one correction to everything um, that you said that I may have misspoke earlier, but you said that on Saturday, a little bit more difficult for healing because of Venus square Chiron. We might be feeling that somewhat on Saturday, but the actual Venus square Chiron um, aspect occurs on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. I want to clear that up. Perfect. Okay. Rick, thank you so much. This I, I feel so ready for the week. I hope all of you do too. And uh, if you love Rick's teaching style and you want to like climb into his brain, if that's even remotely yeah. possible. I feel we like John people, Malkovich. We have people saying that all the time though, Rick. They'll be like, I just want to be in Rick's brain. Um, the closest you can get to that is by taking his foundation course series that we did together. Rick taught his approach to astrology and his very um, step-by-step foundational process with us. And we're so honored. He has, hasn't taught this before, especially in this format, I think since the seventies or something, right, Rick, you said something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're since the night, since the 1930s. So we're the lucky community who gets access to this and you can still join that class. So astrologyhub.com slash foundations one is the starting point. You can take foundations one, then we have foundations two, then we have two chart reading extravaganzas where he actually did live live chart readings with students from the class. And so you can see how he does this in action, you know, how he actually does a reading with all the things that you learned in the foundations class. Um, You can get all of that. You can either like go one by one, which is definitely a great way to do it, or you can get access to all of it and do it at your own pace by getting the bundle. So the Levine bundle is available at astrologyhub.com slash Levine bundle. And that's where you'll get a discount when you just dive in and get all the courses. And then of course you can pace yourself the way that it makes sense for you. Anything you want to add to that, Rick? No, but as everyone else is trying to get into my mind, I'm brain, I'm trying to get out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot more fun from the outside in than it is from the inside out. Just, you know. That's probably always true about everyone, but yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Good things look better from far away. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Good from far, but far from good. That's that's what my yeah, yeah, that is how we say that about the way we paint our nails. Um, Okay. Thank you everybody for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Rick, thank you for being our guide for this week. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. I do know that when we have awareness of the big waves, it makes it a lot, um, maybe not easier, but we're definitely a lot more prepared, which is a really good thing. So we don't get caught in the 20 foot surprise swell we are like, okay, it's coming. I'm going to bring the right tools. I'm going to bring the right materials. I'm going to bring the right mindset. Maybe I'll, I'll get in, in the right shape before it actually happens. Yeah. We can do all those things physically and mentally and spiritually. And astrology really helps us with that. So thanks to all of you for being here week after week. We're so grateful you're here. Welcome to anybody that's new and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. 
Are you looking for personalized guidance? Do you have questions about what you're meant to do and be in this lifetime? What you need in intimate relationships to really thrive? Or what major themes you'll be working with in the months to come? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you'll want to check out our personalized character and destiny and year ahead reports. These reports are perfect for you if you want professional insight into your astrology chart or year ahead. Written by internationally renowned astrologer Adrian Ross Duncan. Your character and destiny report provides deep insight into who you are and what you came here to do, your biggest strengths and challenges, and how your astrological design impacts your career and relationships. The Essential Year Ahead Report gives you insights into the major themes you'll be exploring in your career, your love life, personal development, and much more. For only $37, you can get your personalized astrology report delivered straight to your inbox within minutes. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash reports to get yours today. That's astrologyhub.com slash reports. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.